right, good morning everyone. Here we are again, and welcome to those looking in on this broadcast. We just want to thank you for joining us and having a, a lesson here today. You take your Bibles, we're going to continue on in the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in John chapter 13. We've been looking at the Lord Jesus and the uh, disciples in the upper room. Um, the day he was going to be arrested, of course, their day started in the evening, so it was already what we would call Friday, and uh, we're in uh, chapter 13, and we're going to just look at a few things here. I have a word of prayer, first of all, and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for, uh, for your blessings upon us, Lord. We just thank you for the Bible, that we can read it and understand these things that took place, and these things leading up to the cross of Calvary, leading up to the time when, Lord Jesus, you went to the cross of Calvary to pay for the sins of the whole world and of your resurrection from the dead as well, Lord, we just thank you for this. We just pray that these things we look at today and the applications we make, Lord, would be something that uh, just sticks with us, Lord, place these things in our hearts. And we just, we just pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, make sure you have some writing materials and that too, because oftentimes we have a lot of uh, other... Um, verses that we look at or reference to as we're going through the gospel chronologically. So what that means is we have the four gospels and we're picking out each one that has the most information. So we're going to look in here in John, but we're going to do a, 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 a have a look back in Luke chapter 22 in a little while too, because it has just a little bit more information for us in some of the things that we're talking about. So we are in chapter 13. Where did we get down to... Um, well, we'll just review just for a moment. Last week we were at with 34 and 35. Um, the Lord had said to them in verse 33 that he was going to go away and that they couldn't come, they couldn't follow him at that time. And then he said um, in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you. Now it's an amazing thing. The Lord wasn't uh, uh, interested in them. I shouldn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. What the Lord said to them at that time was not about where he was going and such. This was going to deal for another time. But he says, for you right now, he says, you're not going to follow me, but right now while you're here, while you remain here, he says, I'm going to give you a new commandment. Now it's interesting, he says, that you love one another. They had just come through that argument that they had of who was the greatest and such. And I don't know how it went. I wasn't there. Uh, but it probably, you know, they were saying, oh, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be the one to betray, oh, it couldn't be me. I mean, they're building each other, themselves up. And the Lord's uh, saying here, basically, I already taught them a thing about humility and washing their feet. And he's saying, now look, here's what you have to do. He says, you stay here. Uh, you ever wonder why when you get saved, God just didn't take you home? Why didn't why did he leave us here? There's right there. He says, they want you to love one another. And that's that agape love means a self-sacrificing love. The same word that's right there. God sacrificed himself to the cross of Calvary. That you love one another as I have loved you. And that you also love one another. Then he said, by this shall all know that ye are my disciples. If you, love, if you have loved one to another. Um, have that attitude, that attitude of humility, he said. But this is a self-sacrificing love towards others. He says, put others first. Uh, we don't come first. Other people come first. And he says that all men may see. Now, the question we brought up last week was, how could all people see if this was a reference just to the disciples to be kind and loving to one another? How's the whole world going to see that? It probably won't. 
but they will see it if you treat your neighbor and those you come across and so on and so forth with proper respect and such if you love them as ones for whom Jesus Christ has died on the cross of Calvary. That's pretty important stuff, eh? We're left that, and he gives that to them there, and it's for us here today because it's the Bible. It's, we, bring it, we bring it forward. It's, it's, it's appropriate for today. Or that's not the word, but you know what I mean. That you love one another. There's something for us to think about. We should take that and just stop and think about it. This is a new command that you love one another. Um, to the uh, disciples in uh, verse uh, 36, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered and said, whither, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. You can follow later, not right now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. You must stay, and uh, he's saying to Peter, you got to stay and look after one another. And for all of them, you, you, you have to do that. That particular thing is look after each other. And we're going to go over to another portion of scripture uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, it brought my mind over to, um, if you're familiar, <coughs> you probably are familiar with um, Matthew 25, we went through it. Um, after the Lord returns, after the tribulation time, that seven year time and, and such, and, and, and uh, um, in, in those times, he's going to gather the nations together and he's going to divide them as sheep from the goats, okay? And the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. But there were six things that he said there in Matthew 25, verses 35 to 36. And you write this down and reference it later. And I'll just mention it. It goes along with this loving your neighbor. Because it's the very same thing that he's going to use to judge the nations at the end. How you treated those other people. And in particular, probably the, uh, the Jewish people and those that were under persecution, that will be under persecution at that time. I'll just mention the six things he says to them. He says, I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. It's not only the care, uh, the Lord's not only interested that we have care for believers, but for other people out there, okay? He says that many times in different forms through the scriptures about our attitude towards others, and he'll accept nothing else. It's, that's what it's going to be. The Spirit of God dwells within the believer, and we must, we must treat each other with respect and, and that, that love. And the Lord knows that we are but dust. He knows that we forget and we fail and all this stuff. But he brings this out. Uh, not only care after believers, but all that you come across. So what we're going to do here is go down to verse uh, uh, 136. He says, you can't follow me now, but afterwards you can. But look at verse 37. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Now, why would Peter say that? Well... Um, maybe, and maybe it has something to do with who's the greatest, but I don't know. Peter was that impulsive kind of fellow, and he says, Lord, I, I'm going to follow you. I'll follow you wherever. Um, I'll give my life for you. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing to say in that. But the Lord had um, uh, uh, other ideas for Peter. The Lord says, you can't follow me right now. He says, I already said, you must stay and look after one another. Peter says, I'll lay down my life. But uh, Peter is told that he's going to deny the Lord three times. 
Now, remember what they had been talking about in the upper room there at the Last Supper. They had been talking about, Jesus said a couple times to them, one of you is going to betray me. Okay? So picture yourself sitting there. Uh, they had no idea who this would be. I mean, they didn't have any clue that it was Judas. They did not, because remember, Judas is sitting probably on the left hand, because John was probably on the right. That is a privileged place, okay? So they didn't suspect Judas at all. And then the Lord says about Peter, he says, you're going to deny me three times. So perhaps, just perhaps, that... Um, just perhaps that Peter might think that he's the betrayer, and just perhaps the other disciples might think that he is the betrayer. Because they didn't know why uh, Judas went out and left. They thought that Jesus told him to go and buy something for the feast or give some money to the poor or something. They had no idea he hid it so well. So we see Peter's in this state right now. Why is all this taking place? Well, Peter's going to deny the Lord three times. Now, if you have your, uh, uh, your Bible handy, you can turn there, but, or you can just write it down and listen to me as I read it. But we're going to go to Luke chapter 22, verses 31 to 34. Now, this is a parallel passage to what we've just been uh, looking at, at that, uh, that supper. Okay? And we're going to see so get some more information about that. The Lord Jesus was talking to Peter and what was going on there. So we look into this in Luke 22, verses 31 to 34. We see, <clears throat> verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. To sift. He's going to put you through the ringer. Mm -hmm. He's going he's to tear you apart. He's going to upset your world. Uh, the Lord is speaking to Peter at this point. He's speaking to Peter, not to the others. Now, it doesn't say thee or thou, indicating uh, first person or, or singular. Or, first person? I forget. Um, but it does indicate, yes, it does in verse 33. He, verse 32, he says, but I have prayed for thee. And now he tells us, and we see from that that it's just Peter he's talking to. But I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to pray for, uh, for Peter in this terrible, terrible time when the devil is given the okay to go and touch him and his life and do some terrible things, whatever is going to be done, and we know what, what happens. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Sometimes people's faith fails in the midst of a... Uh, a, a tribulation or a trial or a difficulty or a circumstance or something. People put the blame God or whatever, eh? He says, I'm going to pray for you that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, it doesn't mean get saved, it means to be turned back. Because he's going to deny the Lord. He says, Peter, when you turn back, I want you to strengthen your brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. What a thing, eh? Could we say that today? Would you give your life for the Lord Jesus Christ for the cause of the gospel? There's people that do that all the time. Something just to think about. Verse 34, he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. 
before you, uh, before you, uh, before the the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Now we didn't just look at those words for a minute. The word betrayal. The word the Lord used the word betrayal when speaking of Judas, and maybe the uh, disciples understood this by the words because the words are important. Betrayal means to give up, to give over, to deliver a person to be kept by another. That's betrayal. That's what that word, the original word there, that the Spirit of God gave for, as we have our English word betrayal, that's what it meant. To give up, to give over, to deliver a person to be kept by another. But denial is this, means to deny utterly, to affirm that one has no connection with a person. It's a different thing, isn't it? But it's still a pretty serious thing that Peter had going there that he would um, affirm three times that he had no connection. And sometimes that happens to people when they're put under the, under the microscope or they're under the gun or whatever you want to call it or, or some pressure comes upon an individual, a Christian, and, and they don't want to acknowledge before a crowd or whatever that they know Jesus Christ. It's a terrible thing. You don't lose your salvation, would you? No, because Jesus paid for all of our sins in the cross of Calvary. Amen? Amen. And that's the wonderful thing about it. But the thing is, and, and we wouldn't know until we get into that situation. Um, but anyways, um, so Peter is going to deny, and Satan is going to sift him, to sift him tremendously. He says, well, I pray for you that your faith fails not. So we can see that there's a direct connection there to our trials and tribulations and things that the perhaps the devil gets uh, in our, our lives and our minds and such. Um, but I want you to watch what happens here. Just one second. I've got so many pages here. Okay, we're going to go to there. <laughs> but watch what happens when we come to the end of chapter 13. Picture yourself there, and Peter says, I'll, I'll, I would die for you. And the Lord Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. That's not something Peter would say that, that's impossible. It's not impossible. The devil's going to get in your head. He's going to get in your head, and you're going to say things that aren't of your nature. Eh? Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have that? Do you understand that? That's a real thing, folks, and that can happen. We find things come into our mind that are not according to the Word of God and such. Um, take steps to get that out of there. Or when we have, we see that the devil went into Judas, and what did he do? He wanted to betray the Lord Jesus Christ, an absolute disgust and hatred and disrespect for the Lord Jesus Christ. If we find ourselves with that attitude, it's not natural, it's got nothing to do with God, it's from our old nature, or something worse. Okay? So we, we notice something here, though, very interesting. And when we read our Bible, sometimes we come to the end of a verse, or particularly to the end of a chapter, and we kind of, kind of close the book. That's kind of the end of it. We should take this chapter 14 heading and take it out of there for a moment, because the conversation continues. But look how the conversation continues. Peter has just been told the most terrible thing that he could ever, that could ever come upon him. He's going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And what does the Lord say? How does the Lord address that? He says, let not your heart be troubled. They're all troubled now, because they're probably thinking, Peter's the guy that's, that's he's the betrayer, and, and he's going to deny the Lord. This is terrible. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. 
says, you believe in, you believe in God, believe also in me. He says, let not your heart be troubled. That word troubled there means an agitation or a disturbance. They had a disturbance there over what he just said and what they thought was taking place. Let's just take a few lessons out of that. But I want you to note that in your Bible as you're reading along. Never stop at the end of a chapter. Have a look into the next chapter and see because chapter and verses um, uh, were they're, they're added later on by man, weren't they? So we could just you know, make it easy for us to find our place in that. But let's look at a few lessons. Let, let not thy heart be troubled. When difficult times come, when your world falls apart, the Lord says, don't let your heart be troubled. Who's in charge? Who's in control? Yeah, he is. It's difficult though, isn't it? it it's very difficult when troubles and problems come. And sometimes we wait for a while before we take it to the Lord or whatever. When, the wor when your world falls apart, when your faith is weak and doubts arise, have you ever been there? Don't put your hand up or anything. Probably we all do at some time. Our faith gets challenged through circumstances, through difficulties. Peter's faith is going to be a, a, a challenge here. Now, the devil would have that Peter would just completely go away. He's not going to, is it? Because Jesus Christ is going to pray for him that his faith fails not. The Lord Jesus Christ is interceding for you and me right now. Amen. Right now, at the throne room of heaven, before the Father, he's praying uh, for the believers. Intercession for us right now. How does he do that? How does he do that for everybody? This is God we're dealing with. It's God. He's praying for us. Good thing he is, eh? When our wor world falls, uh, uh, doubts arise. And things, but things may not be just as you think they are. They were thinking a particular thing. They were thinking, this is the end of Peter. This is the end of us, and the Lord's going away. Don't your hearts be troubled. God had a plan of, for things here. Peter's just being... Um, He's going through the classroom of, of experience of difficult things and such to learn things, I guess, eh? God is the God of circumstances, and sometimes the circumstance that comes our way, I'm not saying everything is from God, I'm not saying that, but he can use it, for we, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Amen. When situations and circumstances arise and you don't understand what's happening, it may be because God's ways are just higher than ours, and he says, well, I'm doing something here, Job, that you just don't get. You just don't understand this, Job. That must have been terrible. It must have been terrible for Peter and the disciples. And it's terrible for us when we go through things. But he wants us to look to him and don't let your heart be troubled. Okay? Believe in me. Look to me, he says. You believe in God. Believe also in me. There's lots of people around that say, well, I believe in God. I know there was a poll done years ago, quite a while ago, that it was like in the 90s, high 90s, there was, um, uh, I forget whether it was the U.S. or Canada or both or whatever, that the people, many, many people, something like 90% or something, believed in God. Well, that's fine and dandy, but you've got to believe in Jesus Christ. Okay? You can't stop there. Yes, believe in God. There is a God who made all things. Yes, God the Father. You've got to look to Jesus Christ who went to the cross of Calvary to pay for your sins. Because God says we're all sinners, amen? Isn't that what he says? That's not my word, it's God's words. He's telling you what he says. All are sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. God was manifest in the flesh. God took on human form and went to the cross of Calvary to be nailed up on that cross 
as a sacrificial lamb to pay your, the price of your sins. The wages of sin is death. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. And he rose from the dead on the third day to show that he is the Son of God. He is God Almighty. And that sin has been defeated and death has been defeated. This is the Lord. There he is. He did all that. Look to him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now that word in there just doesn't mean to be in, but it means um, it means into. That, that place is the point reached. That's the, the point of it all. That's the place you need to be. The point reached is in Jesus Christ. If you're saved, you're in Jesus Christ. Are you in Jesus Christ today? It's the only place to be. Amen. It's the only place to be. It's the only safe place to be. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, we were singing about that earlier, that he's going to prepare a mansion for me. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that word right there actually means a dwelling place, uh, staying or abiding in a place. In my Father's house, in the Father's house, there's many rooms, there's many abodes, there's many... You're not going to have your own individual mansion. That's not what the word means. There's nothing in the word, in the Bible, there's nothing to indicate that we have separate dwelling places in heaven. There's nothing to indicate that. Some people take that to mean that, but that's not what that word means. Mm -hmm. It means abiding with him in his house. Okay? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now I wanted to talk about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll do that uh, uh, at another time. He says, uh, one, one of the big things for us today, just to grab hold of, he says, let not your heart be troubled. There's all kinds of things that trouble our hearts. But he says, don't let that happen. He says, don't do that. Don't go there. Be still and know that I am God. After Peter's terrible actions of denial are foretold, the disciples would be thinking that Peter is that terrible betrayer. We often do not know all the facts regarding a person or a situation. But we draw conclusions. And we don't know what's all what's going on there. They didn't know what was going on in all, all this stuff here. Okay? Do not trouble your heart and soul. Don't have animosity towards one another. Love one another. We don't know all things. We don't know everything. Is it possible that God is working somehow in this terrible thing? Could be, yes. We don't know all, but we are to love one another, and not only each other as Christians, we are to reach out to others round about, do what you can for them, and draw them in with the love of God. Well, I think we'll stop right there. I wanted to go and I have a whole other message on the return of the Lord, but I think rather than start it right now, it might, uh, we might be here too long. Um, we'll just stop right there. Some powerful, powerful things for us in here. As we look at, uh, sometimes when you read through one of the Gospels, you'll get a certain amount of uh, information.
But if we look at all four of them as we're doing, we get a tremendous amount. Like I said earlier, there's about 14 different episodes or things happening that are very important for us to look at. So some of the main things from this morning is that uh, the Lord's telling them that he's going away. He says, but what you have to do, he says, is you have to pay attention to what I want you to do is to love one another. And it's a commandment. Oh, people say people get wound up sometimes on the Ten Commandments and stuff. They're keeping this and keeping that. Uh, here's a commandment here. He said, you love one another. Okay. Don't forget Matthew chapter 25. Read those six things there. Think about it. And Peter's told that uh, and through Peter's exuberance, he says, I'll, 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 never, de I'll never deny you. I'll, I'll, I'll give my life for you. He says, no, you're, you're gonna, this is what's going to happen, Peter. But then don't forget. Don't forget a big lesson. Don't stop at the end of a chapter. Keep going and read the rest. The, the conversation just continued. The information for them was, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't let it be. You believe in God. Believe also in me. If we look to Him, it's easy to say sometimes, we look to Him and leave it with Him. Uh, it's not that all will be well, Job, but in the end, it'll, it'll come out. God will be glorified in the end. Anyway, we're going to stop right there. You're getting off easy today. We're just kind of a, a shorter message. But uh, praise the Lord. We'll take these things. Go over this again, if you would, and read through chapter 14 for next week and the parallel passages, and that would be great. Thank you, folks, for looking in and joining us. We appreciate that. You take care and have a good day. And Lord bless you. Thank you very much. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time that we can just look into the Bible and look into these things that are before us. And Lord, we just thank you for the depth of your word and the simplicity of it as well, Lord. And we just thank you for your grace. We thank you that all, all of our sins were taken, placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took our sins at the cross of Calvary. You gave your life that we may live. That we believe in you, we will live forever. Lord, we just thank you for your grace now. Thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take care, folks. <coughs> Bye.